This is F Society IRC Podcast, a Mr. Robot show. I'm your moderator of this chat, Hiroja Shai. Please note that this podcast will have spoilers. In this chat, we will discuss the underlying themes, historical influences, inspirations, technology, ethical dilemmas, and other inspirational insights we have gleaned from each episode of the first season of Mr. Robot. We will be bringing on experts to share their insights and knowledge with us in each chat. We will also be reviewing each episode of the first season, as well as the second season when it premieres. We are awake, we are free, we are alive for F Society IRC Podcast. This is your moderator, Rosa Shive. We're going to chat. In this chat, we are discussing Handshake, uh, the season two episode of Mr. Robot, which is episode seven. So, we're going to start off with the women, um, beginning with Joanne, and then we'll do Anthrodon and Darlene, which are tied together. And then we're going to talk about Elliot. And we're going to talk about the kind of big reveal, not a reveal, uh, basically just a confirmation of uh, a theory that a lot of people were showing and there was a lot of clues along the way that alluded to this theory so much similar to last season's reveal Mr. Robot him being you know kind of like a Tyler Durger type of a character uh, what was up in the air was and which was really a big twist was that Mr. Robot was Elliot's father there were some people that kind of sort of speculated that but that was super early on but for the most part nobody knew that I think right now a lot of people knew the reveal that happened and Elliot's storyline. I think what was unique about it was just the way the reveal was done as far as uh, the filming of it. How it was kind of like this drop away dreamscape type of a deal. The curtain was slowly being pulled and you were being revealed the truth of it all. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start with Joanne. Again, Joanne, um, <clears throat> her presence in the episodes. Um, been a bit of a question mark for the simple reason that yes, she's Tyler Tyrell Wallet's wife. She's a bit of a psychotic, but she's really been very disassociated from everybody else's storyline. She doesn't really intertwine other than being in the background, whether it be in the gossip magazines or referenced by the FBI and Don's storyline. But in the most part, in general, she's not something that is really tied to anything specific. And what she's doing or what she could be doing remains to be up in the air. Uh, we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode when we talk about Elliot's storyline, about the different theories that are floating out there. But for right now, what we open up with is a, a flashback to jo- Joanne's storyline. And she has a gift on the table. It's a set of earrings. It's from uh, Tywell Wellick, her husband. He's coming down the stairs. She puts them on. They go to a B-Corp party where they actually meet. But Knowles for the first time, in particular Shannon Knowles. And what's interesting about this was that the introduction, like Philip Price stated that Shannon Knowles is kind of like a silent partner. And I don't know if that is a hint or a clue or a revelation of the her connection to the company because she didn't work for E Corp. She worked for other companies. It was discussed last season. She was kind of like an independent type of a contractor, if you will, or maybe facilitator. But she seems to be very in tune or in dialed in at E Corp. And so it was like an all white party. There's Philip Price, there's uh, Tyler Wellick, Joanne, and they're you know, having a bit of a happy moment. And then it cuts away to Joanne walking her son. And then all of a sudden, this woman just kind of like a hippieish will, a hippieish, hippie-ish way, uh, throws a bucket of red paint on her. 
And this is the last scene, I believe, of any of the season um, two previews about what's going to happen for the season, like a little trailer for the show. This is the last scene that's been revealed to us. Uh, we've, everything else has been covered in previous episodes. So the, the, the red face screaming, which Joanne does, she just screams, and this is very animalistic, almost painful scream. She getting red paint thrown at her, called the capitalist, just freaks out. And of course, the Mr. Robot titles come up, and she's just, oh, the, the, the rage, if you will. It then cuts into another more calm point where, you know, she, I guess you can say she's cleaned up and there's another gift on the table. And it's a picture of the sonogram of her son. And whether or not this is something that was sent to her or left it on the front porch, we don't know. We don't know who's been sending these gifts to Duran at all. If it's even Tywell uh, Willick at all. The last bit of Joanne's storyline is that her boyfriend, whose name is Derek, I think this is the first time his name has been mentioned, He's having his 30, 30th uh, birthday, wants her to be there. He's told all his friends that she's going to be there. Gives her an ultimatum that she needs to be there or they won't see each other. But of course, she doesn't show up. She meets him at inside his apartment. He's like, you know, we're done. None of your tricks are going to work with me. And Joanne said, you know, the reason why I didn't go is because I had to contact my lawyer. He, you know, is not in this country. Uh, I guess you could say that the Wellicks were not married in the States. Uh, so obviously they're not. U.S. citizens, um, per se, they could be naturalized citizens. They could be born here. They could have dual citizenship. But uh, she had a contact her lawyer who was not in the country, and she gave Derek a little kind of like almost a diploma thing that indicates a divorce decree where she's divorcing uh, Tyrell Wellick, and that is her gift for him for his birthday. And that's the end of her storyline. Like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it towards the end when we talk about a little bit about theories. But on to Angela, Dom, and Darby. Uh, when we left Angela, Dom, and Darby, Dom had approached Angela and was like, hey, what are you doing upstairs? And Angela kind of froze for a second and they start conversating. And Dom was like, you know, I, I was just coming down and asking you why you were there. And Dom states, you know, that she kind of has this very simpic way of speaking to people. Uh, she says, your, your story fascinates me. You know, one week before your company gets hacked, you land a job at E-Corp. And, you know, Angela's like, you know, all I was just up there to make plans. And she names the FBI douche guy that she was going to make plans for. And Dom's like, oh, what kind of plans? Well, lunch. And he goes, what is that on? And she goes, well, Lunch today at some Greek place. And Dom goes, well, how did you know? What's his face? And he goes, why are you here? What is the purpose of this? And that's when Dom tells him, you know, Dom is fascinated by, by Angela. And she also goes on, you know, wherever this is, it's not you. Uh, what's going on, it has to stop. But anyways, whatever this is, it's, it's, it's not you. Darlene is in a movie, I can't really show. She's just like fishing. She doesn't have anything. She doesn't have anything, you know, movie on right now. And, you know, Dom kind of leaves because Angela's like, you know, basically kind of giving her the Dom the fuck off, get out of here type of a thing, if you will, being polite about it. And Dom's like, you know, well, you know, we were going to question you anyways. So it's nice, kind of giving her a nice introduction. 
Angela's like, well, what about, well, you know, all the stuff has happened. So Angela has that to look forward to. She has to look forward to being eventually questioned by the FBI. I wonder if she's going to get a lawyer or the F society is going to prepare her for the type of questions she should expect. Um, but she finishes entering the code. Uh, Darlene gets on the phone. They get back on the phone. They get with it. And Darlene says that they own the FBI if everything's in work. Uh, tells her the, and basically, you know, F society now owns the phone with the FBI. They have an insight of what's going on. Don being, you know, kind of the, kind of the high caliber FBI agent, the person that kind of like Elliot has a scratch in the back of her head and just goes and sorts it out. Goes to the E Corp IT network and finds out that the video for the FBI for is not existent. In fact, the entire video file for E Corp has been corrupted. Don tells them that they got hacks. Uh, she tells them to check Angela Moss's work computer, but there's nothing to be found. And leaves. So Angela is now, you know, kind of a bit of a suspect, if you will, on. Or I should say on Don's radar even more. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen when the femtel cell is found. Because it can only be one person. It's obvious that they're leaving. I don't know if F Society, once it's been activated and they have the phones in the system, if someone like someone in the cleaning crew is going to come by and pick up the femtel cell, or that's something the Dark Army is going to do. But they, they did need that to run. Uh, I'm not sure how much. The FBI, as far as the network cables and the motor neuron stuff, are going to pick up everything. And even if E-Corp were to pick everything up, I'm sure that's going to stand out in some fashion. So we go on with Angela. She's in a cab. You can hear stuff in the background about the F9, F9 hack. Uh, it's encouraging cops that the New York transportation system is now accepting E-Coin to pay for cab rides. They talk about the garbage pickup that we've been noticing in the last few episodes. It's been piling and piling up. Basically, what is happening is that business owners and homeowners are not capable of uh, paying for garbage pickup. So, what's happening is these kind of peer to peer systems where people take dumpsters and do dumpster fires, and people haul their trash to the dumpster at this little dumpster location. You can see it in the background, and the trash gets burned for maybe like um, 10 bucks or something for the whole, whole lot. Uh, that's been happening. Uh, Angela, you know, gets out of the cab and she's going into her home. Darlene's there to meet her. Darlene is like, you didn't pick up your phone after everything has happened. And Angela's like, doesn't want anything to do, do with her. They said, you know, I'm an open book. Darlene's like, I'm an open book. Any questions you have to ask, I know about the whole Cisco thing. Angela's like, you know, when we were kids, you and your brother used to think you're so much smarter than me. You know, I remember watching that stupid-ass, silly-ass, ridiculous, bad horror movie that she used to watch. Maybe watch every Halloween. I didn't put it together. Maybe I didn't want to put it together, but that's where that mask is from. And she knows that Darlene is basically trying to trying to run a game on her. Um, I think she sees through a lot of Darlene's social engineering stuff. She knows she's being played by Darlene. It might it might be just because they have such a strong uh, familiarity with one another. It might not be possible for Darlene so much to really truly social engineer. Uh, Angela uh, to trick her or do anything like that. So right now it seems like Angela has been kind of waiting and dating and waiting for a moment if you will to strike to get back at stuff. It would be interesting to see what she's going to do with the Cisco knowledge 
because she knows that Cisco's face is in the hands of the FBI, and that might not be something that currently F Society knows about or they will find out about when we start owning those phones. So we're just going to continue on with Darlene. You know, Dom doesn't, I mean, not Darlene, but Angela Dom doesn't pop up again, really. Uh, Angela talks to her father. Uh, they're talking about settlement. Her father doesn't want to settle. He's like, he doesn't understand why she's with them. She's like, they found value. He thinks she's naive. She, he thinks he's, he doesn't like her. He, he's disgusted by her, if you will. And he's not going to settle. And he, th- he says that she's not going to get anyone else to settle. And she's like, I got two-thirds. You know, he, he says, you need two-thirds of the class action suit to settle. She just already have secured the parts. I just came by here as a courtesy. And, you know, the dad throws it in. He's like, you're not going to get any money while you're doing this. And she can't really re-emphasize that they value each other. And they believe I have some, something in the works. And they kind of part ways. It, it seems like there, there's a break, if you will, in the relationship. It seemed like the relationship was tense anyways. Um, but she passed away from her father. Uh, she ends up meeting with Philip Price. Uh, she told, informs him the contingencies have been dropped. He said, I didn't ask you to do that. She goes, I know. You didn't have to ask him to do it, but it's what you wanted. Uh, they have another kind of sit down. They're sitting next to like this kind of blue-esque like, ocean landscape type of deal or breaking waves and stuff like that. It's actually pretty, pretty pretty. Um, he said it was a good thing anyways that they're able to settle this. Uh, you know, even with the bailout, you know, the, the bailout situation, which I'm not sure if the bailout actually happened. It seems like the vote didn't occur, but he's saying that the you know, E Corp is kind of making money. Settling is important. And Angela asked, you know, why was it important for that contingency to be dropped? You know, what evil secret agenda are you protecting? He goes, aren't we all protecting some sort of secret agenda? And that's when Angela starts, you know, negotiating with them, saying that she wants to be in this management. He's like, that's like a lateral move. She goes, but that's where I want to be. She says, she starts you know, giving her pitch. That's when he says, you know, I have a birthday today, the real one is today. And he's kind of like coming on to her, which is good. He's kind of hanging back whether or not there's any kind of real like sexual tension between the two or they're just playing like these weird mind games with one another. But Angela rebuffs him and he looks so hardcore. She gets the move. She goes to risk management. Uh, she's been assigned to a crisis response team. She's responsible for thinking outside the box, uh, eliminating access to basically losses that are going to happen. The biggest thing that is going to happen is uh, basically flint water contamination, which is a real world, real world thing. Uh, it's like we hit 2016. It can be a big deal. You know, the fourth quarter, nobody knows anything. He says, you know, here's a, you, you need access to the, the network. And she asked for us, and she can get caught up. And he talks, she's talking to the manager, the guy who's headed the department. He goes, you know, I knew getting Godfrey was one of the vendors. And I'm really sorry about, you know, kind of what happened. And she goes, well, I want to be on the daily debriefing that you guys have. And he's like, oh, it's not really for management. It's for directors only. She goes, well, it'll enable me, allow me to get up to speed, and I can catch on real quick. No fuss, no muss. So he allows her. He allows her to attend the meeting. So Angela, you know, she ends up going to this meeting. And it's her boss, this guy she's been talking to. And like five other people in suits that look like high level, high level, you know, e executives, kind of 
grumbling a bit, bit if you will, because uh, Susan Jacobs is supposed to be there. They're not sure if they're supposed to have this meeting without her. Apparently, she took some vacation days. Um, you all know, have a laugh at a joke that, you know, the economy must be really tanking and Susan Jacobs is taking vacation. Talk about the fact that Sue's not there yet. So her boss starts, you know, starts a meet, meeting a little bit anyways, kind of in a ho-hum way. He talks about how they need to ma- mitigate um, losses, and particularly the front, front crisis thing. There's a lot of lawsuits here. They start going through numbers. They're saying, you know, one of the guys is saying, let me get a heavy hit here. And the guy says, you know, it's not going to really back there. A lot of this is going to be, again, pushed into 2016. And then that's when Angela pipes in. She's like, far end of the table where she goes, well, you know, I've been looking all over over this, and she goes, if we pull the Dakota fracking settlement and the Washington Township ship settlement, and look at those cases and how they were settled, we can use that as an example or a template to kind of mitigate our losses for all these other lawsuits. You know, if I just look at these files, I think I could find something there that we can utilize and do that. And everybody at the, the, the table just kind of stares at her like, supposed to sit there and shut up and they all look at the boss and he goes you know what there's nothing we can do here he, Susan Jacobs is not even here and Sue's not here you know there's nothing we can do and one of the guys popped up what about the food and he goes the meeting's over and so everyone leaves except for Angela and her boss and so they're standing at one another and he goes you know you're only here because it's a favor to throw a price and he goes I don't know what you did who you dick you suck to get here, who you slept with, but he's basically not having it. And she doesn't really say much. And he goes, you know what Philip Price told me? He says, I can do whatever I want with you. And I think this is the first time that Angela realizes that she's kind of boxed in a corner, boxed herself in a corner. I'm not certain how she's going to get out of this. I'm confident that she will because this guy's super overconfident and he thinks he's he's got Angela pegged and he doesn't. But she, she's been in a bit of a corner, if you will, for the moment. And that pretty much ends the, the woman's storyline. I mean, it just pretty much carries out to the end of the owning... Uh, oh, wait, there's one more part. There's a key part. Really, actually, I totally forgot about it. Darlene, the last bit about Darlene. Darlene, after a meeting with Angela, she shows up at the F Society headquarters, and the three amigos are there at the computer, Mosby, Trenton, and Cisco. And they're staring super hard at the computer, and she's like, what the hell, what's up? What's up with that? And they can just say that it seems like something significant has happened there, and that's the end of not only her storyline, but the F Society there. Now we're going to get into Elliot. So Elliot's storyline is very significant. I think it's pretty much the conclusion. Well, we know it's the conclusion of where he's at. But also his battle with Mr. Robot. It pretty much picks up with the ending of the last episode, where it's him in the basement again, holding hands uh, with Mr. Robot. And they start having a bit of a conversation. Mr. Robot is a bit angry because Elliot's asking, you know, you tried to hide Tyrell Willock in that dreamscape. Why did you do that? And Mr. Robot's like, you need to move past it. Past it. You, need to go, you need to stop going backwards. And he goes, you need to tell me the truth. So Mr. Robot is across from him. He slays down and goes, 
What do you remember? And he goes, uh, the park run where Darlene had the gun. And he goes, okay. So it's basically us versus him. Mr. Robot goes in how Tyra Wallace was talking about some bullshit about killing some women, uh, being gods. He felt that it was either going to be either basically us or Tyra Wallace, and that's, yeah, they killed him. And Elliot was like, no, you didn't kill him. I did. I need to accept that now. Ray's henchmen come in. They take Elliot to Ray's office. Ray has him sit down in front of the computer. Ray's asking him if he's ready to go back to work. Elliot kind of, you know, mumbles, you know, yeah, he's ready to go back to work. Uh, Ray looks at his main henchman and asks him, do you think he's, does he mean it? The guy kind of doesn't give really much of an answer, but just goes around and sits at his chair. Ray goes, you know, how long is this going to take? And Elliot's like, says, like, a few hours. He's like, good. So Elliot gets to work. Mr. Robot's there, and he's like, you know, as soon as you get this done, they're going to kill us. And he goes, right now, we're safe, because he Ray needs him for this site. So he gets the site going, he gets back up. Uh, the henchman's looking at this site, like on his mobile device, says that, you know, hey, we've made up, we're getting a lot of Bitcoin coming in, we've, the time loss that we've had, we got $200,000, we've made up since, you know, basically Elliot fucked things up for them. And then Ray tells Elliot that uh, we're going to wait and see if this site purrs like a cat. Uh, we're going sit to you, sit you down in a safe place to make sure that's the case. So the henchman takes Elliot and is about to take him to another location. And that's when Elliot says, what about a, what about a game of chess? So Ray and Elliot, you know, they start playing a game of chess. Ray says, okay for this. And they start talking to, to each other like, before, before all this has happened. And Ray tells Elliot, you know, it was his wife that came up with a site. That she was like Elliot. She was very smart. Much smarter than Ray. And she's the one that, you know, had the expertise to come up with the site. This little website that just kind of took over and took a life of his own, if you will. And he and his wife had an agreement that they were going to let the market dictate what was on the site. And it wasn't until Elliot looked so Elliot came into Ray's life that Ray actually looked under the site. And he said he was weak. He was weak to beat up Elliot. He was weak to beat up um, RT, what happened to RT. And that he should have took a stand. He also said that he thought he was going to be Ray. Ray was going to be Elliot's saver, but it turns out Elliot was his saver. And he starts, you know, doing a bit of a confessional, if you will, saying about the, the stuff, the advice that he gave Elliot before was, you know, completely wrong. And Elliot... Basically, he's winning this game of chess, and Rain knows it. You know, he's always known that Elliot's smarter than him, and he was going to win this game. But what ended up happening was that Rain goes to Elliot, you know, so how much more time do I have as he can cease defeat and knocks his king down? And Elliot looks at him, and he goes, come on, man. We both know what was going to happen as soon as you got on the computer. And Elliot says, given the response time, that they probably have the building surrounded. And Rain was like, that makes sense. And he tells Elliot to go, and Elliot does. Elliot leaves the room. He goes out the door, he's out in the street, and SWAT, the FBI SWAT team is there to, to greet him. They go in to take in Ray and whoever, whoever else might be there at the present time. Uh, basically, Elliot gives a little narration saying that he opened a site to ads. He emailed an anonymous tip to the FBI. Uh, he made it so that it was public to people who could search it on the clear web, so 
it caused a lot of traffic, which was going to cause a lot of notice, and and obviously the FBI was going to take notice and combine that with the anonymous tip, they came with a raid. So the next time we see Elliot, he's uh, out there in the basketball court area with Leon, and it's, it's been a few days. His face is still messed up, and Leon's going, you know, you got got people talking about Ray. He goes, you know, some people half of them want want to kill you for it, the other half want to praise you for it happened, the other half want to start sh- stir shit up. And Elliot's like, yeah, I didn't want any of this to happen. And then some guys come, and one of the guys is actually in his church group. And he comes and he goes, you know, he tells tells Leon to leave, and Leon's like, I'm good here. And then he goes to Elliot, you need to tell your boy to leave. And he goes, nah. And he goes, and the guy goes, bravery is contagious. You need to talk to your boy. And Leon, Leon's not going to budge. So he tells Elliot that Elliot owes him 800 BTC, 800 Bitcoin. Uh, that was how much was in his wallet. And he, Elliot needs to pay him back. Basically, he owes him money. And he expects full payment. And then he and his goons kind of walk away. And basically, since Ray's arrest, uh, it looks like things have gotten very tense for Elliot. Like, people are just looking at him. They're giving him a cross eye. He's basically got a, a, a bullseye on his back. Not only that, but since this takes place in July of 2015, um, at its peak... Uh, for that month, Bitcoin was worth $310, dropped down around 280 for the month. So if we calculate 800 by the average, you know, split the difference, say around, you know, 275 Elliot owes this guy anywhere from 200000 to about a, a quarter, quarter of a million dollars. So that's quite a lot of cash, if you will come up with and that's not something Elliot has or at least we don't know at the moment uh, the next time we see Elliot he's in his church group he talks to the woman tells her that you know he's sorry for his emotional outbursts it seems like some time has passed Elliot's face is healed and the woman embraces him and of course Elliot doesn't like being being hugged but she says you know I see you talking to him all the time um, you don't show it but you're you're obviously talking to him and it's a good thing that you're talking to him. It's a good thing that where this happened. And so Elliot's in his church room by himself. And he kind of approaches to the Christ symbol. And he starts basically talking to Mr. Robot. And he's like, you know, I need your help. I, I don't know what to do because of Ray's arrest. And Mr. Robot's like, you, you always know what to do, Elliot. You know, I'm not here because, you know, I'm God. I'm here because... You know, we need one another, but I, I follow your lead. It was you that was, you know, I'm God, I'm here because, you know, we need one another, but I, I follow your lead. It was you that went S decided to happen. You know, why did you listen to me um, when I left you that note? Because even though we kind of need each other, Elliot's a leader, and, and Elliot needs to lead. And this is something that Mr. Robot has been harping on. He needs to get back to leading the movement. And Elliot was like, I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to. It's not what I want to do. But Mr. Robot is like, you know, those are the people I need you. I need to, I need to follow. Basically, I need to help get back to it. So this is what Elliot is struggling with, is that he, did, he doesn't want to be the leader of the movement. He doesn't want to be the leader of the cause. But he did start this. Uh, he did start everything that was happening. And he kind of embraced, if you will, his mission, his 
his purpose, if you will be, is to be the leader of society and the leader of this revolution that Mr. Roloff was talking about. So Elliot, you know, he embraces his leadership role. He burns up his book in the red wheelbarrow. He says, you know, he's going to get back to it, get back to the revolution, get back to what is happening. He's um, walking away from, I guess, the, from the uh, basketball court, and that's when he gets jumped by the the white queen, by the queen, you know, the guys that are going to rape him. Um, because when the main guy is supposed to sell him all his money and, and you know, not basically take his confidence out of you, and then Leon shows up. All you hear is his because <laughs> is like pressed up against his fence. And all you hear is <laughs> and literally not only does Leon like slit these guys' throats with this pretty massive knife, but I can swear that the guy that we took his pants down and about to rape Elliot, uh, he stabbed him either in the ass or in the balls or something. And Elliot turns around and he looks at Leon and Leon goes, Um, you're gonna get a letter tomorrow on Tuesday, and you're going to do what it says, and you're going to let Rock, Rock, Rick Rose know I did you a solid, and he says, yeah, yeah, you know, I believe in you, man, I'm always with you, cuz, and he's, he has like this crazy eyes about it, and he just kind of walks away, and then we see Elliot, and he's meeting with Krista, and it's the day after, if you will, or maybe Tuesday, uh, it seems, you know, Probably in the month of August, if you will, because it's long after the 4th of July, kind of long after the events that happened, Elliot's face is all fixed up. That takes a bit of time, takes some weeks, so I want to say we're probably in August now. And Chris asked him, you know, about Mr. Robot, and how he says, you know, we trust each other now. And he tells her, you know, you're right, you can't destroy a part of yourself. Chris asked him, Praises him for getting the letter and stuff, but she asked him, you know, oh, it says, you know, ever since I learned about my mom, I, I thought about, you know, just trying to get rid of him, but that's not what I need to do. I need to trust him and stuff. Chris asked him, where do you think you are right now? And Elliot goes, what do you mean? And Chris is like, you know, you haven't been staying with my mother. And he goes, I'm, and it sort of kind of fades away as that. He turns a little bit to the, to the left, and so does Krista, and there's a red light that's been hanging in, uh, on the wall of her office that's been there the whole time he's been having these sessions. And it kind of drips and fades away into, like, a, basically a, a prison visitation room. And Alex, the prison guard, and Krista has a, visitor, a visitor's badge, and he's, he's in, the, in prison. So the prison theory is true. And she goes, I want to, when you get released, I want to maintain, you know, a regular schedule. Elliot's like, you know, I need you for that. And then Elliot starts talking to us. He, you know, he, as he's walking through and doing his daily routines, uh, Leon's there. He's, you know, doing the eating, and you see everything fade away to the commissary. Uh, the basketball court becomes like a basketball court in the prison system. He's in prison guard. Everybody's in prison guard. He's not walking on the streets of New York and where there's all these town empty kind of his townhouses, it's all these, you know, prison rooms, and he goes, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking, as he's, he's taken to his cell, which is not, which is not his room, uh, the woman that tells him, you know, I'll see you in the morning, is not his mom, is a prison guard, 
but he's like, you know, everything that's happened, it's, it's true. Everything happened, but I needed a cope. So I hid things from him. I was so mad from last year when he told, didn't tell me about Mr. Robot. But I promise, if you shake on it, that I'm going to tell you the truth from now on. And it's basically just how they walk through, like, Elliot's day, his routine, the resolvement of the illusion he kept so he can cope from being put with me in prison. Which is kind of mind-bending. I mean, it's something that everyone expected, either mental institution or prison. But now that it's been confirmed in prison, it was just it was just kind of mind blowing, if you will, in the sense it's just the way they did it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which theory is true about why Ellie is there. Uh, I guess we can talk about that. Is Ellie is there because of the dog napping and the, the hacking into Crystal's boyfriend? If it has anything to do with uh, Shayla's death and the fact that he helped Veer break out of prison, uh, if it was just some kind of parole violation. Uh, maybe the knock on the door when the F9 hack occurred, the three days after, if you will. That knock is not something important. That knock might have actually been either um, the NYPD or the FBI. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes from there. Now that the prison theory has been confirmed, now that we know that Leon, that it was in a theory that Leon may have been attached to Dark Army because he did have a tat, a tat on his right hand, It'd be interesting to see what other theories and hints have been played out. How, why Dark, the Dark Army is protecting Elliot. Um, is it have to do with the fact that he is the head of F society? Does it have to do with the fact that he might hold the crypto, the crypto keys? Uh, maybe he is actually part of Phase 2. We still don't know what Phase 2 is. We kind of know what Phase 2 is for F society, which is to kind of keep at Evil Corp and trying to destroy their image, trying to destroy any way or any means of them trying to climb back up out of the devastation that is the the hack, getting, you know, any information, all the, you know, dropping the, the bulls ball and the uh, House representatives while they're uh, talking about bailouts, uh, all the various protests that are happening that are kind of, I want to say orchestrated but inspired by a society, uh, the ransomware stuff, the burning of the cash. It's kind of diminishing their their image, if you will. It would be interesting to see if there will be some kind of massive hack on the part of F-Society at one point. That would totally break the confidence in that. Uh, that's something that's happened to Bitcoin. It has broken the confidence for a lot of people, particularly the, the whole Mt. Fox situation. But, again, these are things that are out in the open. It's nice to know that the prison theory is done. Uh, it's done being in this place. He and Mr. Robot have embraced one another. And then we can move forward and get involved and find out exactly what what is going on, what happened. We kind of know what Tyra Wellick is dead. I I put a question mark about that. I don't think that is the case. I think there's more that happened in those three days. I honestly don't believe that Tyra Wellick dead because Tyra Wellick is the fall guy. You look at all the background noise of the FBI and the news reports. They're all saying that they're looking for Tyra Wellick. Bryce and White Rose, at the end of the season finale of last year, we're like, well, we know who did it. It has been, I guess, put out there by even E-Corp that Tyrell Wellick is responsible for the hack. So it, it doesn't behoove Elliot to kill the fall guy, if you will, because he can use Tyrell Wellick to protect society as the fall guy, as the inside guy that is responsible for this hack. 
particularly the fact that Power World doesn't know any of the other hackers. He only knows Elliot. And there might be a way for Elliot to wiggle out of that, but it would be very hard-pressed to of other members of the group were also named by Firewall for them to wiggle out, if you will. Again, um, the Washington Township plant played a prominent role. Obviously, it's very, very, very important. Whether or not it's tied into e-coin, or if there's something about the nature of the plant itself, in the 90s-esque sitcom thing that happened last episode, um, the e the E plant, the Washington Township plant, showed showed a case as a, a nuclear power plant. So that could have been an ode to the Simpsons. It might have actually been what uh, the Wash the Washington Township plant was. Uh, I still think there's something there. I think maybe it has to do with E coin. It might have to do with quantum computers. There's people that are putting out their AIs because there has to be a way besides you know the the true faith and credit and reputation of Evil Corp for that coin to have value. Um, even even if the e-coin has been made to have more value than the U.S. dollar, just by the sheer willingness in it, the fact that Evil Corp has so many financial institutions and merchants and just kind of putting it out there for people to utilize and saying, hey, if you come to our stores, you get 10% off or 20% off or 50% off if you use uh, e-coin. There has to be something more backing it up. There's a theory we're going to get into Joanne for a little bit whether or not Derek is being set up by Joanne because of the nature of their the sexual interplay to be similar to be set up for the murder of Sarah uh, Shannon Mills. Um, they did meet at an e-court party. People are aware of him or know about Derek a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if that is a good through, but it might be something that's happening. Because as far as Joanne knows, I mean, yeah, Joanne knows, Tyra Willick was only responsible for one crime. That is the murder of Susan Mills. He's not responsible for the society hall. So I think she's trying to clear her husband's name of the murder because it'll be very apparent that he's not responsible for the hack. What other theories are going on here? Oh, let me touch on Oh, is Cisco with F Society or he's or is he always dark army? Is he a double agent or not? Because with the whole C D thing and the femtocell, it it would be interesting to see exactly how Cisco lands because right now there's a big question mark. There's always been a big question mark, but now we're getting kind of into dangerous territory because the Thimsicell obviously has a back door to where the Dark Army can listen in as well. And that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I can thank everybody for listening and logging off for now. Thank you for joining us on this chat. You can find us on all podcast outlets such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and any podcast catcher. You can reach us on Twitter at FSocietyIRC, our website at FSocietyIRC.xyz. You can email us at FSocietyIRC at ProtonMail.com. Our music attributes are under the Creative Commons license number three. The intro music is by Monk. The song is called The Planet Shakers, the Paragraph Remix. Our outro music is by Trevev Halbeka, and the song is Zelta Kaba, as well as Kwana, and the song is Demons. You can support the show either via the QR code in the show notes by contributing with a Bitcoin or through PayPal, and there's a link in the show notes where you can PayPal me under Hiroja Shide. If you're very into uh, cryptocurrency, you can also tip me through a chain chip at Hiroja or one name at Herosia. Thank you very much for listening. 
and look forward to hearing from you. Logging off. This has been a Hello Shashad Space Odyssey Network production.